Hey, it's Tuesday. Tomorrow's our bonus day. Today would have been the no, last day of February. It's Wednesday. But it's, it's today. today's Wednesday. There's so much great things to talk about. So many great things. I'm all messed up. I'm all messed up. It's okay. He's just excited, fam. If we had news like this to talk about every single day, he's like every day would feel like whatever Christmas. I was talking. I was talking to my son Miles, who was driving in uh, to work with me this morning, and we were just talking about being around long enough to see some cycles. Right. Right. Yeah, to see, to some see like announcements and changes and all of that type of stuff. It's cool. All the dreams and hopes that work and don't work and all the panic that is like raised up and all the conversations that happens. And like you, I guess it's one of the things as people get older, right? They start to learn this. And I just started thinking yeah. about through all the, the, the cycles that have gone in the auto industry since I've been paying attention, right? Like even things like autonomous driving, which is kind of recent history, but like that's a, that's a word. But we haven't said it not. Yeah, like people Paul, are no Paul, longer remember gonna remember this thing. Remember this thing? The metaverse. Wait a second. Wait a oh second. Oh my gosh. NFTs? Oh Hold my on. gosh. Crypto. Well, crypto's a thing. If you're <laughs> following crypto, thing. like it's, it's yeah. cryptocurrency is probably gonna still be a thing, but NFTs, right? We don't call them that anymore because it's like a dirty word. We call them digital collectibles now, if you right. even care. But yeah, autonomous driving. No one's going to own a car anymore because everyone's just going to share these cars in this utopic world where people don't care about germs or dirt. Bro, 2019 NADA. That was the jam. It was all that was talked about. Hey, good morning to everyone that joins in the live stream. Adrian hits the first comment. Brian Ortega with a close second. I will say, if you're just listening to the show, know that we do live stream video version every single morning on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or X. If you and yeah, YouTube, if you want to make fun of our faces, you can. I mean, you can just join the club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of joining the club, we want you all yes. to be at a SodaCon this year. Let's just say it. we'll just yeah, give it to you it. straight. Um, May fifteenth and sixteenth, welcome reception on the fourteenth. A little bit of extra thing on the seventeenth, but primarily fifteenth, sixteenth. We're going to be in Baltimore with the Asoda community. Hundreds of us together. Wokan is doing a special event. The Maryland Auto Dealers Association is having their annual meeting. You, you all can't go to that unless you're in the Maryland Auto Dealer Association, by the way. <laughs> but we're going to have a SodaCon. We have 50 plus speakers. We're working through session titles and content. Now industry partners are, are lining up and getting their plans ready. Uh, we have Will Gadara, New York Times bestselling author of Unreasonable Hospitality, who's really hitting hitting the heat-seeking charts now. I he was on mean, Jimmy Fallon last week. Everybody is talking about Will Gadare right now. We're, we're so excited. Yeah, we're going to actually be going to New York City uh, probably within the next month to uh, do a little live podcasting with Will. But I'll, I'll say, go to asodocon.com. Just start looking at the speaker lineup we have. We're going to be posting sessions and topics very soon. We really want you to be there. And it's still early bird pricing. What, what else can we tell you? I know it's auto industry. It's, it's Paul, tough. Paul, Paul. It, here's, here's a segue for you. Ready? I got to prep you for I this. got the button ready to go. Speaking of the Big Apple. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is yes. too good for the first segue. All too right. Good. Well, CarPlay may be the best thing iPhone users can hope for in their car as Apple is officially shutting down its EV program Project Titan. They're going to be reallocating resources to developing. I know it's it's a big one. That's a that's a big want want for me. I was hopeful for this. I one, really man. was. I was um, they're going to be allocating resources to develop. Big surprise here: generative AI capabilities. No way. Yeah, Project Titan's winding down. As uh, you know, they're moving some software people into AI. Some hardware people are probably going to be facing some layoffs. Um, but I mean, they've invested billions in this. 
um, and they acknowledge the complex challenges of the automotive sector. And this could no. be an I told you so moment for all the people who make cars. I'm like, I don't think it's as easy as you think it is. Um, here's a quote from Dan Morgan from uh, Cinevus Trust. He says, Apple canceling this project is a sigh of relief for us. Talking about like the burden it was putting on the company's performance and the, the likelihood of it making. Jeff Schuster, Global Vice President of Automotive Research Consulting Global Data said, they, Apple, certainly have the most downside, had the most downside. Tesla benefits big time from being a status vehicle and Apple definitely would be a status vehicle. And what, so, um, you know, Tesla obviously benefiting this. Elon Musk, uh, in typical Elon Musk form on Tuesday, sent a post on X with a saluting emoji and a cigarette it was it was <laughs> sublime i think we have it right here i don't know if uh, nathan do we have the post sitting look at look at that it's just just a little retweet just a little salute and a, and a cigarette saying hey we'll smoke one for you see you bye yeah uh, <laughs> he understands he understands the challenges that it takes yeah i think that's a respectful break. salute right yeah it's like hey kudos to you for trying we know that it's hard um you know and and I wonder because I'm sure from a technology standpoint, they had they had it like on a on a roadmap, right? Oh yeah. But then when you think about the complexities of shipment delivery, it's a lot different than shipping little boxes this big or this big in massive containers. It's like how do we how do we do the logistics of being an automaker, which is a business in itself, um, not just a, a small project within a larger business. So uh, I'm hopeful that they. Uh, not only develop more of the AI capabilities uh, within their own suite of products, but also like in connected services like CarPlay with some of these manufacturers. That's, I yes. I see them as similar to like, hey, what N uh, NVIDIA has has been able to do in basically having themselves tethered to everything, right? Apple making a really big play now. I, I watch for it. Make, making a really big play for a lot of integration with legacy and net new uh, OEMs. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they still want to be in the car mm -hmm. because the car has so much data uh, about where you go, what you do. Um, Man, I really, just how they're in the car. gosh, I, you know, they've developed so much tech, like so much. And that, that can't just fall to the wayside, right? Yep. Sharing that. And plus people being laid off, like there's gonna be a ton of talent on the street all of a sudden. And so, like, yep. you know, what, who's going to pick that? Is it going to be Ford? Is it going to be Kia? Um, certainly all of them. I felt compelled to pull these two books off my shelf. Uh -oh. I got Steve got and Elon. Oh, right next to each other. I know. A little Walter Isaacson pair yeah. right there. A couple pages in these things. A couple few pages. But the, the reality is, like, you and I, huge Apple fans, uh, want to see them when I wanted to see an Apple car come to market. But I think it's indicative also of the fact that, like, hey, when only, you know, 8 to 10% of the market is even driving EVs, like, the upside gets slimmer and slimmer and slimmer as reality starts to set in. Speaking of reality setting in. Segway. Time. Dropping the hammer today. I'm asterisks on this one, but Chinese EV maker BYD has decided against launching its EV in the U EVs in the U.S., citing the market's complexity and political entanglements as major deterrence as the company focus turns to strengthening its presence in Mexico as they build their new facility um, in Mexico. Stella Lee, uh, BYD America's CEO, highlights the market's intricate landscape. Um, and why it's deterring the Chinese automaker's attempted entry. It follows speculation um, that the Mexican facility is a gateway into the U.S. Obviously, the auto industry, we've had a lot of conversation about that 
in the last week. Um, and Lee, yeah. Lee went on to criticize the U.S.'s slower electrification pace and the confusing political climate contrasting sharply with Chinese robust EV adoption and clear policies. Uh, here's the quote. If you are not investing uh, for electric cars, you are out. You will die. You have no future. Yo. Let's not mince words here. Yes. Shots fired. No future Pow. for us. Like, Lee asserts emphasizing the stark difference in the EV market dynamics between the U.S. and China. Well, here's what's interesting is like the confusing political climate being a reason for an automaker to or not to enter the U.S. That's a wild statement for, for them to make. And it's clear they're not slowing down anywhere else, right? I don't, I don't think it's confusing. I think that was the word that was used. I think it was actually very clear in that the U.S. values the health and stability of its major economic producers. Yep. Therefore, will uh, effort to, to, you know, make sure we have a level playing field, especially when currency manipulation is happening. And like, they're just saying, hey, like we need, we need fair trade, not just free trade. And so yep. confusing is a great word. I mean, this is a great, I think it's a, a great play by BYD to just say, no, we're not coming to the US, but we need to set up this really big factory in Mexico while we work. I think they understand that the sentiment right now is against them. Yeah, and I don't I I think like you said, you you started off with let's put an asterisk on this story because I I think this thing is still yet to unfold. Mm -hmm. There's probably some political, there's some maneuvering going on here because it's clear like people are going to want these cars as they see them across the world. Yep. Um and and there's going to be a demand pent up for them in some way. My guess is uh, so we'll see what that Mexican facility really, really is meant for, um, because, you know, I got that's it. what every that's where everybody puts factories when they want their cars to go to the U.S. <laughs> you know what truth. I'm saying? Uh, speaking of, well, I don't know. I was going to say, this is like kind of the trifecta. We usually do like a retail story, but this was, we had to put this third story. We had in. to go with this. So Kyle, yes. just roll us into the third one. Yeah, so in the first of possibly many about faces by OEMs, Jaguar Land Rover is completely abandoning its agency model plans in the U.K., which uh, as it opts to maintain its traditional franchise sales model amidst retail partner consultation. So they're backing away from not just the agency model, but also fixed price, no haggle, haggle sales strategy, opting instead to stick with the current dealership model um, rather than moving to direct sales. Um, they initially planned to basically go all through uh, JLR's direct control, both online and in the showroom. But now they're aiming to go back and adopt that traditional model. Uh, Darren Edwards, CEO of uh, Sittner Group uh, in the UK, says the franchise model is tried is a tried and trusted model. Uh, was and he was applauding the fact that JLR was willing to be flexible and change their path. Um, and and I think that. Uh, the, 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 the trigger point for here, for me here was that just was JLR basically saying, Hey, look, we recognize that the franchise model is actually client centric in a retail experience. Um, and, and can be even more, uh, even while maintaining that franchise, uh, franchise or franchisee relationship, uh, we can get the experience out of it that we think we need. So again, hey, this is the third one. This is third, right? The first one. Apple's going to make a car. It's going to be big trouble. Okay, yep. for French. Well, no. Uh, BYD is going to flood the market with cheap Chinese EVs, and everyone's going to be in trouble. Uh, nope. The agency model is going to eat our lunch, take over, and we all need to find something else to do. Uh, nope. Right? Just think about all the things. Dealers are the most resilient entrepreneurs I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. 
no doubt. And and I think the 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 discourse, right? Because you know, there's a there's a counter a, like a counterpoint discourse that happens in public. Would say, well, you don't limit our choices. Um, you know, we want to be able to buy what we ever ever we want to buy when we want to buy it. We agree with that. However, yep. like the more you get into it, the more we see on the ground level what actually happens and the impact that the franchise dealership model has. Like Jaguar Land Rover understands it now, like as a business in a business sense. We cannot deliver the product, serve customers the way they need to be served if we try to control everything from the top. Yeah, and my guess is is this is like a, a lot of it gets talked about from the sales model side of things, mm -hmm. but my guess is that uh, if you wreck the sales model, you start to realize how how important the after sales model is in, at the franchise Gosh, level. Yes, and if you don't give the franchise the opportunity to to curate both experiences in line with each other, the after sales model actually takes the bigger hit long term for you as a brand. And I think that's probably what some of these OEMs mm. are starting to recognize: is hey, insight. after sales, staying close to the customer on a uh, you know, monthly, weekly, daily basis is actually a lot harder than just like maybe doing an online transaction. Oh, good insight. Good insight. So whatever it is, if you are in the retail auto industry, which you most likely are, if you're watching this, uh, today's a day where I think all of these things should motivate us to double down on our efforts to serve people, double down on our efforts to give the customer what they want. And guess what? Everybody will stand up and fight for you. If you do that, get out there and fight. We got today and a bonus day tomorrow. So we'll see you tomorrow.